Do you love maple syrup? Ever thought of making your own? Blaine's Farm and Fleet makes it easy with just a few key items. Stop in today for some friendly advice and all the supplies you need to tap and gather your sap. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On Wax 104.5 on a Tuesday morning, chore time here at the Shank of the Day, uh, about six or seven minutes before five o'clock. Good morning, Bob and Jill with you as we've got uh, a lot of things to pass along as far as news, but other things as well. Uh, fundraiser for Eau Claire 4-H this afternoon. I plan to be there. Yeah, it's at Culver's from 4 to 7 at on Gulf Road. Yeah, the Gulf Road Culver's Restaurant. A portion of all sales from 4 until 7 p.m. tonight will be no- donated to the Eau Claire County 4-H Leaders Association. Stop out for a night of fun with family and friends. So again, 4 to 7 Later on today, Culver's on Gulf Road. And the 4-H Leaders Association uh, raises money to help put on the fair. Now, you were a member of the Leaders Association. You are ahead of it for a while, weren't you? Uh, I'm not head of it. No, but no, I, but you're... I'm the secretary. Okay, you're I'm the secretary. secretary. Right. And what we do is we provide scholarships for kids to go on educational trips. Yeah, there are a lot of great, uh, great trips to talk about. On the 4-H program, the, uh, they go out to the East Coast for one trip, the Spirit Trip, they yep. call it, I think. The Spirit Trip, and they go to Washington, D.C., and they go to Madison, so there's a lot of opportunities yeah. there. So get out there and help the 4-H leaders fund some of those programs. And uh, I don't know if any of this money goes to uh, put on the fair, because putting on the fair is not free in Eau Claire County, is it? No, it's not. It's actually, the fair is put on by the Friends of the Fair. Right. It's another... Um, but they have to pay the county to use the fairgrounds. Absolutely. Yeah, the county does not let the 4-H in Eau Claire County. You, and I think, I don't know how it works in a lot of other counties, but I know in Eau Claire County, and I don't know what the rate is compared to other organizations that use the fairgrounds. I have no idea. But I know the uh, 4-H has to pay to use the fairgrounds yep. in Eau Claire County. The Friends of the Fair does a bunch of fundraising in order to... Yep pay the county so the 4-H fair can happen. All right. So, again, a lot of a lot of things are needing to be paid for. A lot of people think, oh, 4-H, the kids, the county supports that. Well, now when it comes to the fair, the county charges the 4-H in Eau Claire County to use the fairground. So some of these activities help fund some of those things. But, again, this afternoon from 4 to 7 p.m., Culver's on Gulf Road, a portion of all sales will go to help the Eau Claire 4-H Leaders Association raise some money. Also, H&S Manufacturing, they're still in the hunt until what? Uh, tomorrow, October 19th. What's that all about again, Jill? Tomorrow, they are uh, the top four cool things that are made in Wisconsin competition. Their Loadmaster 2X is part of the top four, and I've been voting for them every day. I pull it up on my phone, and I vote for them. Yeah, you can vote once a day. I've 
Haven't voted every day. I've been delinquent, but I've been trying. But it's the new Loadmaster 2X harvesting dump cart from H&S Manufacturing down to one of the final four. The coolest things made in Wisconsin competition. And uh, let's get her done. Let's bring it home. The Loadmaster 2X. Vote for it as the coolest thing made in Wisconsin. You can find a link at the H&S Facebook and Instagram pages, or you can just pull it up. I Google it on the computer, and it comes right up. All right. And then you just click on it, and you're good to go. You vote once a day, today and tomorrow, the final two days. So let's get it done as far as H&S. And the Crop Progress Report, dairy industry was in Kansas City. Lots to talk about this morning. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. A little colder than it should be out there right now. It's about 29, upper 20s, lower 30s around the uh, area and around the state. This morning, it'll be another, it'll be a sunny day today, but it'll be breezy again today and high, only about 41. But the good thing is it's uh, going to warm up. 41 today by uh, Friday and Saturday, mid-60s, Sunday about 70 degrees. It's 29 right now in the Chippewa Valley. 41 today, 70 on Sunday. Hang in there. Getting better. And uh, good weather to uh, do some harvesting. Lots of combines rolling. Yesterday I was driving around the countryside. So uh, progress is being made. We'll talk about that. It's 5 o'clock, about a minute after. This is 104.5 FM WAXX. So clear news time. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The much-anticipated debate for governor in Georgia did not lack fireworks. I support law enforcement and did so for 11 years. Worked closely with the Sheriff's Association. Democratic challenger Stacey Abrams went after incumbent Republican Governor Brian Kemp on a number of issues, including the legalization of marijuana and her contention. Kemp suppressed the vote through legislation. Kemp countered that, in his words, it's never been easier to vote, and he cited the record number of voters this year. The White House is being pressed about whether it's actually making inflation a top priority. Speaking to reporters, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said President Biden and congressional Democrats have done the work with the Inflation Reduction Act. She noted it was despite Republicans refusing to vote for that legislation. Asked about the president's approval numbers regarding the economy, Jean-Pierre defended his work taking action to lower costs for gas healthcare, and Medicare. New records show that former President Trump charged the Secret Service as much as five times the government rate to stay at Trump hotels. Lisa Taylor has more. According to documents recently released by the House Oversight Committee and obtained by Congress, the documents suggest he charged those exorbitant rates in 40 cases for agents working to protect him and his family. Billing documents showed American taxpayers paid at least $1.4 million for those stays at Trump properties. I'm Lisa Taylor. A suspected serial killer in Northern California will be arraigned in court later today. Police in Stockton had been searching for a serial killer who shot five men in the city since July. On Saturday, police arrested 43-year-old Wesley Brownlee, who they believe is responsible for six deadly shootings that began in 2021 with the death in Oakland last year connected to the five deaths in Stockton. And police in Virginia say four people were found shot to death inside of a home on Monday. Officers found two adult males and two adult females in different parts of the home. It's being called an isolated domestic incident. 
California, here we come. Hi, I'm Bob Bosol, inviting you to join me on a trip to Northern California and see lots of agriculture and lots more in California. The tour, February 10th to the 18th. We'll experience the uniqueness of California's vibrant cities and diverse agriculture. We'll start our adventure in San Francisco with a cable car ride and a cruise on San Francisco Bay. Next, relax on board a train as we take in the beautiful scenery of Napa Valley. But we'll see the diverse agriculture of California as well. The Yolo Land and Cattle Company, Olive Oil Farm, and tour the Hillmar Cheese Factory, a dairy farm. We'll also visit the California Redwoods and the Winchester Mist. House. So much to see and do. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword wax, to learn more about this tour and watch a free travel show. Or call them at 888-557-1020 for a free brochure. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're also going to go to an almond orchard. Yeah, we'll find out how they milk almonds. But uh, we'll go to an almond orchard. And we'll also go to the uh, World Ag Expo. That's in Tulare every year. And uh, that's a huge show. they got one huge building that is just for dairy. And we'll spend about a half a day so you get a chance to walk around and see some of the equipment in the California agriculture. It's, uh, it's, it's quite a farm show. And uh, we'll be there for about, uh, oh, about a half a day. We'll get there and uh, let you walk around. But hurry up. I talked to Holiday Vacations, and this is only October. And we take, you know, 45, 48 people along with us. And they said, well, over 30 people have already uh, let us know that uh, they'd like to go with us to California. So if you're thinking about going, at least get a seat reserved, and you can make a final decision later. But uh, don't wait too long. I don't want to have you saying, oh, I didn't get on. Call Holiday Vacations and uh, get yourself on the tour to California in February. And the uh, weather should be better than it is around here right now, but maybe not by the end of the week. Right now, it's 41, sunny and breezy today again. 46 tomorrow. Now, it's going to be partly sunny through right on through this weekend. The temperature is about the only thing that's going to change. But 41 today, 46 on Wednesday, 52 on Thursday, Friday and Saturday, 65. And on Sunday... 70 degrees. Wow, I didn't know we had, had another 70-degree day in us, but it will be nice, and I have not put the top up on the convertible yet, so maybe I'll get another day on the convertible, but uh, we'll wait and see. Anyway, the trend is in the right direction. 28 at Rice Lake and Medford this morning. Marshfield at 30, Wausau at 32, Green Bay 37, Madison Sun Prairie a cool 34, Milwaukee at 38 this morning, and here in the uh, Eau Claire area, we're 29 right now, and not going to warm up a whole lot, just low 40s today. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Let's get to the numbers. Uh, Jill, where are we at in the livestock? Choice-fed beef steers are 138 to 155, with mixed at 111 to 136. Choice-fed beef heifers are 137 to 151, with mixed at 117 to 136. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 120 to 147, with select and silage-fed steers 80 to 120. Cows are 63 to 101, with bulls 72 to 102. Butcher hogs are 70 to 86, with sows at 51 to 71, with the top of 77. Boars are 18 to 22. Shorn market lambs are 105 to 110. Unshorn market lambs are 90 to 105, with feeder lambs at 85 to 175. And at the Mercantile Exchange yesterday to open the week, 
Livestock futures were higher. October cattle closed 147.87 up 92. December live cattle 149.20 up a dollar 42. February 152.20 up a dollar 10. And April up 70 cents at 155.52. Feeder cattle for October 174.75 up 95. November at 176.40 up a dollar 62. January 177.25 up 215. March 178.95 up 230. And April feeder cattle 183 even up 245. Lean hog carcass contracts also higher. December hogs closing 84.95 up 270. February at 85.97 up 255. April hogs 89.60 up 265. And May hogs at 93.90. That's up 267. On the Board of Trade, we saw the corn prices were a little lower, harvest pressure, and also these river levels of moving this crop. Going to be a challenge with the Mississippi River so low. Beans were a little higher, just slightly higher, but still these uh, higher bean prices last couple days holding with the lowest in about the last two months. So, again, there's concern. Stronger dollar, trade channels, lots of issues. Overnight, December corn down another penny at 6.82 a bushel. The oats down two at 3.87. December wheat down six at 8.54. November beans down another three cents, 13.82. And December meal down 2.20 a ton at $408.80. Barrel cheese up five and a half at 2.18. The blocks unchanged 205, butter down three quarters, but uh, still holding at a very healthy 316 and three quarters cents a pound. October class three down one at 2176. November up 15 at 2056. December up 15 at 1985. January up 14 at 1980. February up 17 at 1996. And again, that's a look at the markets courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. We're about 12 minutes after 5 o'clock. And a reminder, if you're going to be around Eau Claire later on this afternoon, stop at Culver's on Gulf Road. It's Culver's Night, 4-H Night at Culver's on Gulf Road. And that'll be from 4 until 7 p.m. They will donate part of the proceeds from the meals sold to the Eau Claire County 4-H Leaders Association. And the leaders do a lot of good things. Send the kids on trip, give scholarships, uh, just do a, a lot of good things. So that's this afternoon from 4 to 7 at Culver's on Gulf Road. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We've got the crop progress report, how that's doing. The dairy industry was in Kansas City over the weekend. Lots to talk about. We'll get to some farm news coming up on Wax. But again, it's going to be a sunny, breezy day out there once again, and not real warm, just low 40s, about 41. That's as good as it gets. Heaven on earth right here. It's going to be nice the next few days. Got some harvesting to do. Should be able to get it on. And again, be careful out there. Safety first. And if you're driving around the countryside, taking a look at the colors or what's going on, be very careful and... uh don't get in a fight with that farm equipment because you're not going to win. It's just uh, just not in the cards. Farm news, what's going on? Dairy was in Kansas City. We'll talk about that as we look at farm news on a Tuesday morning on Wax. Brought to you by... Brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And Jill, touch on some of the activities in Kansas City for dairy this weekend. 
So about 100 dairy industry leaders got together in Kansas City this past weekend to talk about reforming both policy and pricing in the industry. That means some changes and updates to the federal milk marketing orders, which have been around since the 1930s. Currently, there are about 11 federal orders that regulate Class 1 or fluid milk processors, Class 2, 3, and 4 processors, Those that make cheese, butter, and other manufactured dairy products are only part of the federal order system if they choose to take part in the program. Last year, only about 52% of non-fluid milk processing was covered by the federal milk order since those processors can get in and get out of the system when they choose and only 61% of the total U.S. milk production was part of a federal order. Leaders in the weekend meeting said that they need federal order updates, too, because many fluid milk plants are closing. Processors jumping in and out of the pool have been have to be stopped. Co-op block voting has to stop, and dairy farmer milk checks have to stop being so complicated to figure out. The meeting was hosted by the American Farm Bureau, and its president, Zippy Duvall, said, the answers to our problems are in this room. Not in, not the Congress, as they will only mess things up. Yeah, they need the USDA to have some federal order changes, which can take, oh, about 18 months by the time they hold hearings. And they know they've held field hearings before around the country to try and change federal milk orders. But again, they seem to always want to go to the Congress. And <laughs> you know what happens when it goes to the Congress? Not much, or if it does... You get some brainchild of some guy that's never seen a cow, let alone milked a cow, or tried to work in the dairy industry, trying to uh, make decisions for the dairy industry. So, again, uh, maybe we're going to find something here. Farm Bureau's, uh, you know, never been too much into these sorts of things, but they're leading the charge right now, hosting that meeting in Kansas City. So uh, we'll see how this develops. But uh, sounds like a, a pretty good meeting was held down there in Kansas City. Coming up, we're going to visit with uh, Bridget Finke, a resident attorney from uh, over in the Baldwin area. And Bridget's going to talk to us about ownership versus management on the farm. Yeah, there are differences, and uh, better get it squared away. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. A topic that we continue to talk about is transitioning the operation, hopefully, to the next generation in the family. But what's the right way to do that? Bridget Finke, our resident attorney with Valley Crossing Law in the Baldwin area, is with us again as we talk about that. And, uh, Bridget, this isn't a, and I hate to call it a problem, it's a challenge, I think is maybe a better term, but for a farmer... And the wife that want to transition the operation and looking at the future, your best answers might not be at the coffee shop on the corner. <laughs> well, I think it is human nature to want to talk to the people that we know and trust and that we view as being similar to us and try to compare notes about things that we don't do on a daily basis and that, you know, feel uncertain and feel like, you know, big challenges to attack. And so, hey, neighbor, your family successfully transitioned the farm. How did you do it? And that must be the way I should do it. And that might be a starting point, but it 
far from the ending point because there are so many things involved. While your operation may look like the neighbors, it ain't. Well, you know, do you have the same number of kids? Do you have the same number of kids interested in farming? Do you have the same amount in savings and in retirement? Uh, do you have the same amount of debt? And which assets are pledged as collateral on that debt? There are just so many moving pieces now that I think sometimes people are searching for the elusive, quote, right answer. This is the way you do it. And what's challenging is a generation or two ago, right, it was pretty common to, that folks had farms like I grew up on, 40 cows, 200 acres, and so, hey, you had the son buy the cows, right? And then eventually he bought the farm on land contract, and everybody's happy. But, um, you know, what a dairy herd looks like today is a way bigger number than what it was when it was 40 cows. You know, it's a, it's a whole different nut to crack. And um, farms have evolved, and there are so many distinctions that thinking there is one right way, or frankly, even that what worked for someone else will work for you, is going to really spin you in circles in trying to actually get your transition plan put together. And Bridget, some of the things uh, you mentioned, how much money have you got in the bank, how many kids have you got, how many kids want a farm, and on and on and on about the operation. Are there some of those things that are more important than others as far as maybe if we make an outline or a chart or say, here's number one we got to deal with, number two, or do we throw it all in the pot? You know, usually where we start is throw it all in the pot. And it, and it's why, you know, again, back to why well, I should be able to go to my accountant or go to my banker, go to the farm center, go to my lawyer, and they just tell me how to do this without putting all that spaghetti on the table first. You know, I can't tell you what may be a good answer for you if I don't know the answers to all those questions. And so typically the first part of this process is always information gathering. And guess whose job that is? That's the farmer to put those things together. And so then that's sometimes frustrating for the farmer. Well, I'm not going to bother putting all this information together if you can't, you know, tell me how how I'm going to do this and why this is important. And really that is putting the cart before the horse. You really do need to know the full scope of things and put all those issues on the table. So it's all the factual stuff about what do you have? How much is it worth? What kind of debt do we have? But then it's the the family and the goal side of things. Is it, hey, I want this to go to the next generation as inexpensively as possible. Hey, I need this to go to the next generation, but I need to tap into the equity to supplement my retirement income. Is it, hey, I need to squeeze every dime out of this transition that I can because all I've got is the farm. I don't have anything in the bank. I don't have any retirement. And so I've got to figure out how I'm going to live in retirement off of this farm. And then goals with the children. Is it, are you fine with the farm kids getting the substantial majority of everything and the non-farm kids getting nothing? Or do you want there to be some sort of equity or balance between them? And those are all personal um, decisions and goals. And so if you haven't thought about those things, Asking to solve a problem that you haven't yet totally defined um, is not going to get you to that magic answer that you think you're going to get from any particular professional. And it sounds like, Bridget, 
not only the the goal line you're trying to get to as far as you know the kids in the operation and all that sort of stuff it sounds like uh, the farmer himself uh mom and dad have to make the decision on a timetable on this that seems to me to be just as important as what the ultimate outcome of our arrangement might be. Uh, you know, if you're only 50, you want to still farm for a while, versus if you're 65 or 70, you want to maybe get out. That timetable seems to me to be a very important issue as well. Oh, absolutely. Great point. You know, because let, let's go back to the dairy herd, right? One one method of transitioning the dairy herd is working on having that next generation acquire the calves and then have so mom and dad's herd gradually phases out over time because we're not keeping our replacements and so eventually all those calls cows will call out and now the next generation owns those cows well if our timeline is three months that's not going to work <laughs> if our if our timeline is three to five years hey, that might be a good workable way and tax advantaged and, you know, all, all kinds of reasons why that might be a good idea. So, yes, absolutely, how quickly we need to get out, you know, what what's our timeline. And that is where, um, you know, starting the discussion, starting the process, because do keep in mind, it is a process. You are not going to have one meeting with a professional and it's all solved and we're all done. And I just, you know, sign one piece of paper and, hey, we're good, we're done. It is going to be a process. Starting that process, exploring different options, finding out the pros and cons of different ways of approaching it, help you then be ahead of the game so that you can start that transition more slowly because that that um, doing that transition gradually often really helps us from a tax perspective to not suddenly be, you know, selling the entire herd and paying income tax on that whole herd in one year. Um, so earlier is better. Gather your information and don't be looking for the perfect magic answer. I did not get my magic wand with my law degree, unfortunately. No. And again, that's Bridget Fink over at Valley Crossing, Valley Crossing Law in the Baldwin area. Give her a call, 715-668-4045. As she said, you don't take care of this matter in just one meeting. It takes a lot of thought, a lot of planning, a lot of cooperation, and a lot of information sharing is a very important part of it we're going to share more information how about some marketing information next we're going to talk to rocky over at premier livestock in with the first voice of agriculture in wisconsin for over 35 years wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report and it's uh, 5 30 in the morning here at wax let's get over and talk to rocky over at Premier Livestock in with the Good morning, Rocky. Did you get out and do any more hunting over the weekend? We did. Uh, my daughter Haley uh, shot uh, her first uh, doe with the bow on Sunday. Oh, good deal. Good deal. First time going bow hunting, it's a doe. Right? Uh, she's pretty lucky. Well, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Either that or she's a good shot. I told her it's because she has a good guide. <laughs> that doesn't hurt a bit either, that's for sure. Well... That's the venison market. How about the beef market? What's going on there? Uh, 
Thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is uh, yesterday's auction shaped up here at Premier. We had a busy Monday selling almost 1,100 head of livestock. Uh, fed cattle sold a little lower. High choice and prime Holstein steers 124 to 136. Your selects 116 to 125. Choice B steers and heifers 125 to 138. Market cows traded lower. Uh, high yielding cows from 75 to 88. Most cows 57 to 74. Market bulls lower. High yielding bulls from 94 to $1.06. Uh, lower yielding 93 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday, high yielding from 80 to $1.10, lower yielding 79 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves traded a little stronger, mostly from 75 to 180 per head. Beef calves 125 to 390. Holstein heifer calves in better dem demand, uh, 25 to $125 per head. Today, Tuesday, uh, special feeder cattle auction. We're expecting 800 to 1,000 head of feeder cattle, and we got around 100 bred beef cows. Auction starts at uh, 11 o'clock a.m. Uh, if you are bringing bred beef cows for today's sale, they do need to be to the barn by 9.30 a.m. for preg checks. Tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, we got three complete dairy herd dispersals, two of those herds being organic. Uh, we got almost 250 head of organic, some very nice quality cows for that sale. Full listing with details and pictures at the, on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, questions, call us anytime. 715-229-2500. Don't forget, uh, we are moving cattle daily farm to farm, too. Uh, if you'd rather do that route, uh, give us a call. Machinery auction coming up November 18th. Get those consignments in for best advertising uh, so people can view them, take a look at them, and uh, that is the way it's shaped up, Bob. Any other big sales coming up this fall besides the machinery? Yeah, we got our horse sale coming up, and I'm always... Not quite as much of the horse, man, but I believe uh, that draft horse is coming up uh, first uh, week in November. Oh, boy. All right. So uh, we'll, we'll keep track of that, More information on that on our website. Sounds good. Thank you, sir. Have a good one. Enjoy your venison for breakfast. Okay. Will do. Thanks. There he yeah. goes. That's Rocky over there at Premier Livestock. And, of course, Premier Livestock over there right on uh, 73. As you go south of 29, Premier Livestock. How about the weather? Next. We'll get that. Mike's going to join us. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it looks like we might get a little California weather blowing in here. We'll find out. Looks like uh, kind of cool to cold today, but by the weekend, wow, shorts and T-shirts once again. Let's find out. Mike Dandry is over at Skywarn 13 with his stocking cap on this morning, and by the end of the week, you'll be able to take that off. I'll put the sunglasses back on. Oh boy, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it got colder than it should have, and now maybe it's going to warm up a little more than it should as well. Although partly sunny and breezy, 60s and 70s, it'll help dry that corn down in the field. We need that. Oh, absolutely. This is uh, one of those obviously transitional months where temperatures can go up and down and up and down, which we've seen as of late. And, well, today we're starting down. Cool start to the morning, and we're not going to warm up too, too much. We'll still hang out well below average, despite a good bit of sunshine. That said, temperatures into the low 40s, and we'll have those breezy north-northwesterly winds, mostly between 10 to 15 miles per hour today. Tonight, mainly clear, mid-20s for our overnight lows. 
Marginally warmer tomorrow with some intervals of clouds and sun. Mid to upper 40s for our highs. Thursday will bring temperatures back into the low 50s. Mostly sunny and more sunshine for Friday. And that's when our winds start to shift more out of the south. And that said, our temperatures will climb to the low to even mid-60s. More mid-60s on Saturday with some sunshine. But Sunday, starting off mostly sunny. And that's our warmest day, getting to around the 70-degree mark. But we will have just a slim chance at some showers going into the afternoon. And another breezy day with winds out of the south, mainly between 10 to 20 miles per hour. And this comes out ahead of a cold front, yet again, bringing our temperatures back down to the upper 50s, which is right around our seasonal average for Monday. Mostly sunny, or excuse me, mostly cloudy, and a chance at a few showers. But right now we have, uh, we're starting to clear out, I should say, in Eau Claire with a temperature of 28 degrees. Nice, cool morning out there. It's it's brisk. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> is. Thank you, Michael. Absolutely, Bob. You have a good one. You bet. Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 taking a look at our weather on wax. Brought to you by the maker of one of the coolest things made in Wisconsin and one of our sponsors for the upcoming National FFA Convention. The good folks at H&S Manufacturing. Is there anything cooler than a piece of equipment that can lift and dump 60,000 pounds of product in one load? H&S Manufacturing's brand new Loadmaster 2X Harvesting Dump Cart has made the final round of the coolest things made in Wisconsin competition. But they need your help to make it official. You can vote for the Loadmaster 2X every day at MadeInWis.com or you can find a link at the H&S Facebook and Instagram pages. Thank you to everyone who has voted for the Loadmaster 2X so far and make sure to cast your vote at Made in west.com until october 19th for those who work in acres not in hours wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report and of course october 19th is uh, tomorrow so get your vote in today get your vote in tomorrow for the loadmaster 2x from uh, the folks at h&s manufacturing in marshfield the coolest thing made in Wisconsin competition. I think that's and that's quite a machine. I've seen uh, videos of it. Wow, that uh, that loadmaster will haul a lot and dump a lot in one load. And Jill, is, uh, you voted already today, haven't you? Yes, I did. Good for you. All right, I got to get my vote in here a little bit later on. Well, speaking of uh, machines to handle the crops, what's the latest as far as the crops are concerned? Well, the grain farmer, grain farmers across the country spent most of the last week in their combines as they now have 45% of the corn and 63% of their soybeans harvested. That puts five, that puts corn 5% behind last year's progress while the beans are 5% ahead of a year ago. Most of last week's progress was made in major growing states like Iowa and Illinois. And here in Wisconsin, the corn for grain harvest is only 14% finished, almost two weeks behind last year, as farmers reported the average moisture content was around 25%. The corn silage harvest is also still going, with 89% of that job done. Soybeans are 56% harvested across the state, about one day behind last year, but five days ahead of the average. State farmers also have 92% of their co- potatoes dug, 83% of their winter wheat planted, and 34% of their fall tillage all wrapped up. And topsoil moisture in Wisconsin this week is rated 76% adequate to surplus, 20% short, 4% very short in the western parts of the state of the dries. Northwest Wisconsin, 7% very short, and southwest Wisconsin is 11% very short. 
So again, there are some uh, areas of concern about soil moisture, but going into winter, but nothing like other parts of the country. We're very fortunate as far as our moisture is concerned. All right, some things coming up. We'll take a look at uh, some calendar items, and we've also got uh, markets, of course, coming up right here on Wax. What time is it? It's 20 minutes to 6. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Oh, boy, give a guy more than a day or two off, you got to retrain him. <laughs> happens. It's uh, news time. Morgan is in the, in the house here this morning. I've been looking at her all morning, as I always do admiringly through the glass. I can tell you we're here to help the new interns in the building. <laughs> so you let me know if you need to know where the restroom and the right. break room are. All right. Yeah, those are the two most important rooms in the building. That's, <laughs> That's what I'm finding sure. out, yeah. yeah. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom. What's going on? Well, we'll keep those headlines pretty close to begin. Good morning, and welcome back, Bob. From here in our 715, it begins in uh, Barron County. There are now charges coming after a weekend standoff with an armed suspect in Barron County. The Sheriff's Office updating this, and with 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster updating us. The Sheriff's Office had to call in its emergency response team to arrest 27-year-old Devin Baldwin Sunday evening. He was drunk when police say he holed up in his home in Cumberland. It took tear gas and some beanbag rounds to finally get Baldwin under control. Baldwin is on probation for a similar situation in 2020 when he threatened to kill officers and fired a gun. Baldwin's in jail and waiting for formal charges. I'm John DeMaster. As many as 40 people may have been hurt in a weekend bonfire explosion in Shawano County. Now the sheriff's office is trying to piece it together to track down the victims. Lieutenant Chris Maddell telling Fox 11. Uh, what we do know at this point, we estimate about 17 were self-transported to the hospital and roughly 30 to 40 kids were at the party in now total. The sheriff's office says somebody poured something onto Saturday night's bonfire and that caused an explosion. The sheriff was asked why he thinks people at the fire didn't report the explosion right away, saying the students, well, we don't know. Um, our speculation is that obviously there is some evidence of underage alcohol consumption there. Um, they didn't want to get in trouble for that, but I can tell you as a sheriff's office, that's the least of our concerns right now. Um, we just want to figure out what happened. And, and the investigation into that explosion continues. Meanwhile, in the courts for the third week of the Waukesha Christmas Parade trial, that began with a focus on what Darrell Brooks did after the parade massacre. And throughout the uh, string of witnesses, Brooks has been trying to avoid being identified as Darrell Brooks, but one of the witnesses in court was having none of that yesterday. So it would be fair to say at that time, you had no name or knowledge of who the, the person was in your backyard. Would that be fair to say? I had no idea who you were. And so how can you say who, how can you say you then if you had no idea? I'm looking at you. You are the guy. Prosecutors say they expect to wrap up with witnesses tomorrow. Brooks would then take his own defense. And from Mother Nature, last week's tornado count is now at seven. Just an update there from the National Weather Service saying they added three more to that count from last week's storms. Those last three falling in Jefferson County and North. To Alaska, the gold rush might not be on anymore, but today is Alaska Day, 155 years since the state's territory was bought by the United States. Alaska Day commemorates the purchase of the Alaska Territory from Russia on October 18, 1867, for more than $7 million. The formal transfer was celebrated with a ceremony at Fort Sitka, with 250 Army troops marching to the governor's house at Castle Hill to 
replace the Russian flag with the U.S. flag. It would be another 92 years before Alaska became a U.S. state in 1959. I'm Trey Thomas. And from the last frontier back to America's Dairyland with our own gold nuggets, we go to the barn with Bob Bosel, Jill Welke, and the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. Do you remember what they called the acquisition of Alaska from Russia back then? What the popular term around the country was? No, tell him. Seward's Folly. Ah. He was the Secretary of State, and people thought it was crazy. Why do you want to spend $7 million for a frozen rock? Mm-hmm. And, of course, how many, I don't know, millions, billions of dollars of gold and other natural resources have come out of that Alaska? And having Alaska that close, you know, just across the tip from Russia, I mean, it's less than 100 miles at one point. Well, and not to mention the natural beauty. Oh. That really doesn't have a price tag. Some of the no. beauty in Alaska is about as good as it's going to get on the planet. Yeah, it is, it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, sword's folly. All right. There you go. I now noted. I, if there's a pop quiz later, you can look on my paper, okay? <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> See you later. Anytime, Bob. Oh, uh, there goes Morgan. In the newsroom this morning, did uh, you know that about sword's folly? I did. Good for you. I was kind of excited when you started. I thought maybe you'd ask. Oh, yeah. Well, I should have asked you. <laughs> I'm not surprised you knew. But Seward's Folly, man, what a, what a place. Yeah, if you've never been to Alaska, it is quite a place to visit. That is for sure. Well, we've got some, uh, well, it's quarter to six. We're going to get to Marcus. But again, a couple things on the calendar. I'll start it off. Jill will have a couple more tonight. Again, we'll remind you, if you're going to be in Eau Claire later on this afternoon, Stop at Culver's on Gulf Road and have something to eat between 4 and 7 p.m. Because a portion of the money you spend on food at Culver's today on Gulf Road will be noted, uh, donated to the Eau Claire County 4-H Leaders Association. I don't know, are some of the leaders going to be like uh, waiters and waitresses in there or something? I'm not really sure. Okay, well, whatever. It's good food at Culver's, of course, and uh, it'll help the 4-H Leaders Association, as Jill said, send 4-Hers on some of these 4-H trips and 4-H opportunities uh, around the country. So that's today, 4-7 to 7, Gulf Road Culver's. See you there. Also, H&S Manufacturing, the coolest thing made in Wisconsin competition down in the Final Four. And H&S Manufacturing in Marshfield, the new Loadmaster 2X, is one of those four products in line to be the coolest thing made in Wisconsin. And you can vote for it. You can do that at madeinwis.com, or you can find a link at the H&S Facebook and Instagram pages and you can vote once a day, today and tomorrow, because October 19th is the deadline. So let's bring them home. The Loadmaster 2X. What else? Anything else? There's a pasture walk and cover crop field day tomorrow, Wednesday, from 10 till 3 o'clock at the Levi and Martin Hoover Farms in Colby. And there's a 2022 PDPW Herdsman Sip Herd Person Workshops. Focus on transition of cows, obstetrics, and cow neurocracies. That's tomorrow at uh, Hag Farms Dairy in Colby. Registration will start at eleven or start at nine, and it'll be done about four thirty. All right, you practice on that word. Yeah, I will. Yeah, we'll get we'll get you next. Okay, we got we got markets <laughs> coming up on wax again. It's twenty. Uh, what do you say? Twenty seven degrees right now. We get only 41 today, another sunny day, but it will be breezy, kind of windy again today, and then warming up. 46 tomorrow, 52 on Thursday, 65 Friday and Saturday, 
Sunday about 70 and then back to about 50 on Monday. He didn't want to tell you that, but he did. Tom. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 12 minutes before 6 o'clock, and it's time to hear from Market Sparta Market Manager Hut Eman. Fed cattle selling steady today with the high-yielding choice beef steers and heifers, 150 to 159. The choice and select beef steers and heifers, 139 to 149. The dairy cross steers, 130 to 144. The high-yielding choice Holstein steers, 135 to 142. With a top of 142.75, the choice and select Holstein steers, 124 to 134. With the unfinished steers, heifers, and heavy steers, 123 and down. Cow market steady to lower with the high yielding cows 77 to 87 with a top of 89. The cutters and utilities 61 to 76 with the low yielding and canner cows 60 cents and down. Organic market today with results from the October 17th sale with most organic cows bringing 90 to 105. With the thin and small organic cows 69 to 89 and the organic steers and heifers 110 to 120. Bull market steady with most bulls bringing 85 to a dollar with a thin full and bulls over 10 discounted at 84 and down. Calves today sold by the pound with a steady market with 80% of the Holstein bull calves bringing from 90 to 170. The quality Holstein heifer calves, 30 cents to a dollar. The quality beef calves, $2 to 350 with the light and poor quality calves, 10 to 60 cents per pound. Just a reminder, our next sale will be Wednesday, October 19th, starting at 10 a.m. with fed cattle, followed by bulls, cows, and calves. This is Hot Eamon at Equity Livestock in Sparta with this marketing update, and we thank you for your business. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Nine minutes before five o'clock. We've got about 27 degrees. 41. Sunny and breezy today is the forecast. And let's get over to, uh, speaking of breezy, let's go over to the Stratford Farm uh, sale barn over there. And Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Morning, Jerry. Well, Bob, and good morning to you. Uh, uh, it's nine minutes to six here where I'm at. So what, I don't did I know say? About- what did I say? Five. I thought oh. maybe I was. Or, I well, don't know. people always say you're a little behind, but uh, you're right on top of it this morning. Well, I know about that, but <laughs> anyway, we better tell the folks about what's going on here at Equity. All Press. right, have at it. Thank you, Bob, and uh, good morning, everyone. Summary from yesterday, Monday here at Equity Bradford. We'll start out with the. Uh, Markets yesterday, cows, uh, most of the meat market on a weaker trend yesterday. Uh, High-yielding, fleshy Holstein and beef cows yesterday selling from 72 up to a top of 85. Most of the cows in yesterday's auction between 52 and 72. Thinner cows, uh, light carcass cows below 50. As I said, bulls on a weaker trend also, mostly from 90 to a dollar in the better quality bulls. 85 and below on your lighter weight bulls. Fed cattle trade, same trend, choice grading Holstein steers, mostly from a dollar 17 to a dollar 32. Select under finished cattle, 112 and below. Uh, a little different story in the calf market. Uh, fully steady on the bull calves as compared to last week. 9,230 pound bull calves. Yesterday's auction selling from 75 to 160. Uh, fancy bull calves to 170. Uh, fairly limited demand on these separate calves, uh, 40 and below. Beef calves, good demand, 175 to 350. Uh, beef black, black beef bull calves up to 380. And uh, Tuesday here at Stratford, we start this morning at 10 o'clock with the hay and bedding auction. Again, folks, if you're looking for small squares, we'll have those today. We also have a consignment of large squares of second crop. So that'll be at 10 o'clock. Uh, 11 o'clock, we will move into the dairy auction. And also today, market auction, uh, besides the conventional market cows, we also sell organic market cattle every Tuesday. And that will be after the dairy sale. Tomorrow, feeder cattle auction, that will be a noontime start. 
And just, uh, folks, you can uh, turn your calendar over a little bit. They're coming up here on Wednesday, November 2nd, a special red-hided feeder cattle auction. Uh, and that will, of course, feature red-hided uh, feeder cattle. So that more to say about that. That will be on the information on the website. Uh, Equity Altoona also and Equity Monroe are also going to have these uh, red-hided feeder sales. So that's coming up, but you can, folks can uh, read about that on our website, Equity Co-op, on the Stratford page. And, Bob, with that, we'll... Turn it back to you, and uh, oh, I don't know. We get one more day of this wind, huh? Yeah, another breezy day today. So uh, yeah, it uh, it does make it cooler than it feels. That or it feels cooler than it really is. So uh, yeah, we'll put up with it. But uh, it's uh, it's okay because by the weekend it'll be back in the sixties, and that will feel good. Hey, you have a good one, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. Sounds good. Bye bye. Thank you much. There you go, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And taking a look at the Board of Trade, courtesy of Synergy Cooperative in Ridgeland. Corn was lower yesterday in the day trade. Uh, harvest pressure, stronger dollar, river levels at uh, concerningly low levels on the Mississippi, Ohio, and other rivers in the middle of the country. Beans are a little stronger, just slightly higher, but still holding in some of the lowest prices in a couple of months overnight. December corn down a penny at 682. The oats down two at 387. December wheat down six at 854. November beans down three at 1382. December meal down 220 a ton at $408.80. Country elevator prices? Doomer's grain of Holman corns at 625 with soybeans at 1302. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connersville location corns at 616 with soybeans at 1305. At Golden Plump today, the corn is 641 a bushel. Baldwin, 627 on the corn, 1297 on the beans. At Duran, the corn is 617 a bushel, beans 1287. Mondovi, 627 and 1297. Corn and Elmwood also at 627, beans 1302. At Fall Creek, corn is 612, beans 1262. And at Osseo, the corn is 632, the beans 1302. At Elk Mound, the beans are also at 1302 today. Sparta, corn 622, the beans 1297. And Ellsworth, 607 and 1247. At the uh, Boyceville Ethanol Plant, corn today is 626. Stanley Plant, 631. New Richmond Grain Facility, 629 a bushel. Barrel cheese up 5.5 at 218. The blocks unchanged 205. Butter down 3 quarters, 316 and 3 quarter cents a pound. October Class 3, uh, October Class 3 down a penny at 2176. November and December both up 15 cents. November at 2056. December 1985. January up 14 at 1980. February up 17 at 1996 as prices were mixed out through next summer. Again, about 41, sunny and breezy again today. 46 tomorrow, 52 on Thursday, 65 Saturday and Sunday, and should get up around 70 by Sunday before it starts to cool off again on Monday. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option.